0: Welcome, True Believer readers, to our 200th episode of Let's Read Spider Man, the best podcast to break down hard hitting dialogue such as, but that's the way the spider tumbles. <laughs> Here to provide analysis for that line, so much more, is my friend Eddie. How are you today on our 200th episode, Eddie?
1: I'm doing well now that everyone has turned down their (laughs) headphones because you've hissed so aggressively
0: into them. Uh, James B., how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. School has started for both of us, but I asked you for a few minutes because I had baked a cake (laughs) and I needed to frost the cake and then put it in the refrigerator, so I needed it to cool off before I put the frosting on it and put it in the fridge. (laughs) And I haven't been eating cakes lately. I haven't been baking, if you've been following i haven't been because i've been trying to get in shape but eddie this is our 200th episode we needed to celebrate
1: yeah i totally agree i will eat a chocolate chip cookie i made two days ago after this i promise you that so excellent
0: (laughs) so what we decided a while ago was we are going to cover our top five marvel team ups each and for some listeners this is going to be wait we've already heard these books i don't want to listen to this click go on to the next one But let's be honest, if you're listening to the show, you know our podcast is going to be like 23 minutes or something. So it's probably worth sticking around to find out (laughs) what we like and what we don't like if you haven't been paying attention. Because if you've been paying attention, I would be surprised if you couldn't have predicted some of the things we're going to talk about today.
1: Yeah, and I think it's particularly important, James, because I'm pretty sure no one has ever covered these Marvel Team-Ups in podcast form, at least.
0: I was on Reddit, and I was out there poking around trying to find Marvel Team-Up references, and it is few and far between the people even mention Marvel Team-Up, much less podcasts. We are the best Marvel Team-Up podcast of all time. And the best. reason we got there is because we...
1: Are the only ones, right? Right. <laughs>
0: We read all the books, just like Kevin Ewing, but we actually talked about them on our podcast, and of course, we dragged Kevin through. He's done Marvel Team-Up because he's done all three of our books, but today we're going to talk about our top five. Eddie, why don't you tell us about your fifth favorite Marvel Team-Up?
1: Oh, James B., it's Marvel Team-Up number 47. This is where Spider-Man has teamed up with a Thing. And they do fight the Basilisk, whose name is Basil Elks. And I did not like this book because of the ridiculous wordplay on how the Basilisk gets his name. I very much enjoyed it because the Thing is the only hero that I think is more clever and witty than Spider-Man. So lines in this book, um, the Thing is, he's passed out and he wakes up eventually Uh, There's a volcano. Uh, They're they're going after the basilisk. But when Spider-Man encounters the thing, uh, the thing says, Wallcrawler, how in blazes did you get to the South Pole? And what's the big idea of chucking a web full of water in my glamorous kisser? (laughs) To which Spider-Man replies, Boy, have you been out of it, tall, orange, and ugly? (laughs) It's this kind of banter that makes this book Just really fun to read. Uh, And I think Marvel team-ups has to be viewed as a book that is just really fun to read, even when they're taking themselves seriously.
0: Eddie, I'm going to do everything I can. I know we have to cover so many Spider-Man books, but I'm going to do everything I can to find a way to work in some Fantastic Four early editions so you can see the thing and the Human Torch just bantering back and forth. Oh, yeah. I know you really enjoy it. Do you remember recently I was bragging how I really liked the villain's in, uh, it was Backlash.
1: Uh, yes, you like the villain's perspective.
0: Yes, story. very much. So. And I said to myself, you know what? I think I think this is gonna be my fifth favorite book, but I didn't want to just reread that entire description to you again. So instead, I'm gonna kind of tie it in with the other book that we discuss that has a villain's perspective. And that's the book from July of 1983. It was Marvel Team-Up 131. This is the one with Frogman and the uh, Quickie Burger and i'm going to give you a little bit of the summary there it's easter themed dominatrix white rabbit battling eugene the frogman uh, after they battle spidey <laughs> tells eugene to go home where his dad yells at him too meanwhile peter has heart to heart with roger Hotchberg. Oh, i miss that guy and the reader realizes that everyone in this book needs money except the white rabbit eugene's dad joins the white rabbit gang for the pay and runs into his son when frogman really gives her a challenge White Rabbit crashes into Roger's mom's place where Roger breaks a vase over her head claiming half the reward because we found out that Roger's dad was working undercover for the cops. At a noble moment, Roger's mom keeps calling his girlfriend Mia by the name Pia even though Roger keeps correcting her. (laughs) <laughs> oh Eddie this book was so good for me it had multiple villains multiple heroes in it the twist that the the dad was actually working for the gang
1: yeah good good writing right there
0: i agree the fact that Roger Hodgeberg is a big part of it and his and his girlfriend and his mom that whole thing was uh was was great fun for me i really enjoyed the book and i did of course enjoy backlash in 145 but because we just covered that two books ago i didn't want to do that so my number 5 right. was uh, marvel tamp 131
1: Good to know. James B., the villain lover here. (laughs) Well, my fourth favorite Marvel team-up is Marvel team-up number 66. This one, if you recall, has Arcade in it, and it's Murder World. And I should say, 65 and 66 are tied together with Arcade sending Spider-Man through the pinball machine that he's built. Captain Britain shows up, and Arcade is thrilled through the whole book in kind of a... Uh, You know, clockwork orange uh, way is what he reminds me of. Stanley Kubrick, a little dark there for everyone. But it's the same idea how cold and calculating he is. It ends up being that Spider-Man and Captain Britain destroy pretty much everything. But Arcade, you know, he's not too upset about it. There's lines in this that Arcade uh, says, too, that kind of state what his characters like. He says, quiet, both of you ever disturb me in the middle of a game so it's like a very serious game for him it's just a good character development that's going on here
0: yeah murder world you know i looked up a list of the top five marvel teams after i made my list and five of the 10 in the list were on our list so like you know we matched (laughs) half of the list arcade you know great villain i i love him as well i would I was not surprised to see Murder World on your list. If you had asked me what you were going to pick, I think I would have gotten this one for sure as well. Uh, my number four book is a book that I want to read the summary for again. I just found this book to be a very comprehensive, well-written, great story, great villain, great hero. Just, I was just it had everything I wanted in it. And it was from November of 1983. This was Marvel Team 135 with Spider-Man and Kitty Pride. And Spider-Man sees a robbery on a subway after smashing some windows and punching some thugs. He manages to stop the robbery and evacuate the passengers as the now runaway subway train crashes and everyone thinks Spider-Man is dead. Kitty Pryde was told by Professor X to do some babysitting because it's a typical teenager thing. She follows these bickering two little boys have wandered off into the sewers where the Morlocks have captured them and the unconscious Spider-Man. The boys free Spider-Man, and along with Kitty Pride, these heroes battle the underground creatures again, known as the Morlocks. Spider-Man throws Kitty Pride through a stalagmite, she slams the leader's head into the wall, taking him out using the fastball special, allowing the foursome to escape to the surface. <laughs> Notable moment, to free Spider-Man, one boy needs some water, he grabs a human skull and uses the top of the bowl, exclaiming, the only way we will survive is by using our heads. <laughs> Like I said, I was surprised when I read this book how much I enjoyed it. I thought it was well-written all the way around, and the characters were great. And it was just, it was a perfect little story.
1: For me, number three is the uh, Cotton Mather books. Marvel Team-Ups 41 through 44 does have The Vision, Scarlet Witch, uh, Spider-Man, eventually Moon Dragon shows up in 44, and Doctor Doom all in it, and they're transported, if if you remember to 1692 during the Salem witch trials, and we get a complete historical uh story of the salem rich trials actually in the book that is totally accurate as to what happened cotton mathers in these books and i just really enjoy how he talks all through him he's got souped up powers and he gives the heroes a remarkably hard time he like hypnotizes the scarlet witch which is what sets them all off and with lines like twill be the foul witch that doth dispose of the evil against evil (laughs) I mean, what is this guy talking about? Even some of the townspeople in Salem, like Scarlet Witch gets hit in the head by a, a blunderbuss being shot at her. Uh, gives her a hard time. And then eventually uh, Cotton Mather's boss, the Dark Rider, is a way more powerful ancient being who's kind of pulling the strings. And all of them, including Doctor Doom, have to attack the Dark Rider in clever form working together in order to feed them and get themselves back to present day. So I just have good memories um, of us covering these books.
0: I kind of did what you did for this one, as for my third choice as well. And this is Marvel Team Ups 48 through 51. It's a storyline involving the Wraith. And I have some notes from comicbook.com about this book. While Marvel Tamp wasn't particularly well known for introducing characters that would go on to play a significant role in Spider-Man's universe, this four-part storyline for Bill Mantlo and Sal Buscema is a rare exception. The mystery of the Wraith is a fun little whodunit that pairs Spidey with Iron Man as the duo attempt to discover the identity of the masked villain tormenting Captain DeWolf. Spoiler alert, her father is the original Wraith. (laughs) The ARC is also ahead of its time as it addresses sexism in the workplace via the tough but vulnerable DeWolf and the rest of the New York City police force. The ARC also introduced the minor villain The Wraith, who plays a key role in the 2015 Spiral Amazing Spider-Man miniseries by industry legend Jerry Conway. So we have something to look forward to in four years or so, right? (laughs) Uh, notable moment, issue 48 is the first appearance of Captain Gene DeWolf.
1: I I could have guessed that, James B. You do very much enjoy DeWolf. wolf. So. Yeah,
0: and like you, I don't know at the time if I enjoyed it quite as much, but you know, liked it better than I thought. Okay,
1: all right. I, I think I was too out to lunch on those, James B. Excellent picks. Um, for my second favorite Marvel team up, I've cheated again and used one forty six through one forty eight. These are the the Black Abbott books where he is introduced and. Unlike the Cotton Mather books, which might have some kind of questionable plot and <laughs> writing, these are extremely well-written books. I know it looks like a lazy effort because we covered them so recently, but they are so well-written. Uh, the Black Abbot is a great villain too. He has so many unique superpowers. He like can hypnotize people and turn them into abbots himself. And he uses these powers to defeat, uh, like when he defeats Thor, it's very fascinating. He teleports Thor's hammer into Thor to knock him out. And then using a whole bunch of his hypnotized abbots, he's able to take over Thor's mind and puts him under this machine that amplifies his power. So that, you know, the black abbot looks like he's gonna become a god when he eventually gets Thor. He does end up being defeated in the end, uh, but not totally. He gets away with his original Black Abbot self. But great characters, great bad guy. <laughs> I like his name, I like his style, all his powers too. And just great writing all throughout those books. Two, two,
0: two episodes ago. <laughs> from march of 1972 stanley presents you're getting the full one for this one marvel team up one featuring spider-man and the human torch in have yourself a sandman little christmas by roy thomas and ross andrew wow it's christmas time spider-man can't finish off the sandman quick enough so peter goes to get the fantastic four because he has to get back to gwendy on christmas eve Johnny and Spider-Man tease each other as usual and team up to break up a few minor crimes before they find the Sandman who actually defeats them. Flint Marco in his new costume actually ties them up and throws them in a water tank, but the heroes escape after getting a hint from Sandman about how to escape. Sandman is trying to visit his mom and agrees to come peacefully after the visit. Peter even gives him a gift for Sandman's mom after Sandman explains the situation. The Sandman sees his mom and later escapes through the drain. It's Christmas, so our heroes don't seem to care. <laughs> Eddie, this is the one that started it all for us and for everybody else. I think the first Marvel team-ups were a bit underrated. One, two, three, and four. There was real stories there. They were True. written by real writers. They were they were tying in the Morbius Conclusion came in the Marvel team yes. ups. Things were really yeah. good at the beginning. I think this just represents uh, the beginning, and I wanted to get pay a little homage. I thought it was a really good story because you know it's it's the start of us seeing the Sandman being a little bit more of a of a caring character, and yeah. we've seen that since then as well. He's 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 got some depth, and I like my villains to have a little more depth.
1: Yes, humanizing the Sandman. Yeah, Spider-Man teams up with him later as the good guy. Well, my number one, James B, um, embracing the wacky side of Marvel team ups because that's the way you got to read Marvel team ups. Uh, number one thirty-seven, uh, Golden Oldie. I'm just, I'm gonna read your summary you wrote for this. The Fantastic Four and Spider-Man's families uh, coincidentally end up at the circus. Ben Grimm is uh, thoroughly enjoying the circus while Peter wanted Aunt May to invite Nathan Lubinsky as her plus one, and she instead brought Mary Jane Watson. Peter Peter hears that the Fantastic Four is about to be called away to San Diego, so he changes into Spider-Man and vouches that Aunt May could take up the uh, duty of watching Franklin Richards. (laughs) Despite her reaction to Spider-Man, Aunt May is given Franklin while his family and Spider-Man depart. (laughs) Elsewhere, Galactus needs a new herald and while looking for Mr. Fantastic, comes across Franklin and tries to zap him. However, Aunt May steps in and... (laughs) Golden Oldie is born. (laughs) Franklin feeds Galactus some Twinkies, and most of the book is about the search for every Twinkie on Earth. Eventually, Aunt May and Galactus leave Earth and find the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man, uh, sorry, the Doughboy creator, <laughs> creating worlds that look like pastries. Galactus chooses him to be his new herald, and Aunt May returns without powers to her ordinary life. In an epilogue, a series of funny panels shows this was all a dream sequence. Uh, The wacky and zaniness of this book and seeing Aunt May in golden oldie form. So funny.
0: (laughs) I do really enjoy this. I did have a problem with the the dream (laughs) sequence sometimes makes me take it down a notch. But, you know, I had the same problem when I was deciding if I wanted to pick the uh, Saturday Night Live book. I'm like, it's sometimes it's just a little wackier than I want. But boy, Golden Oldie is always on the list too and, and, a, and a great choice. My number one is the book that uh, the quote comes from and that's Marvel Team-Up on 19 and 20. From March of 1974, Stanley presents Spider-Man and Kazar together in Marvel Team-Up 19, The Coming of Stegron the Dinosaur Man by Len Wein, Gil Kane, and Frank Iacoya. Eddie Spidey is web parachuting into the Savage Land to help Kirk Connors find Dr. Stegron a half man, half dinosaur. After Kazar and Zabu help Spidey with a few feisty dinos, the pair are captured by the swamp men and taken to a temple. There, Dr. Stegron, in snaky dino form, explains he wants to return dinosaurs as the rightful rulers on Earth. Eddie, just to like, make sure you understand this every time Stegron talks, if there's a letter S, it just triples. <laughs> All they do to change his words. Yes. Spidey and Kazar escape the village to find Dino Stegron boarding a flying ark. Kazar takes care of Stegron's dinosaurs while we end the book with Spidey latching onto the Ark filled with dinosaurs and heading to New York. Uh, notable moment, Eddie, this is the first appearance of Stegron. <laughs> first Gene DeWolf, first Stegron. You know, these, these are my kind of books. How can people reach us?
1: You can email us anytime at let'sreadspiderman@gmail.com, at gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter at letsreadspidey.
0: I'm James B. joined by... Eddie, and remember listeners that this show has been sponsored by Tinkbump Toys. And Tinkbump Toys has been providing toys to tens of collectors over the years. <laughs> Not only are they interested in quality, but also safety. By 2027, Tinkbump Toys has vowed to lower their 80/20 plastic to asbestos mi- mixture to 90/10, making a safer, still fireproof toy for your collection. Bub Toys has consistently been named in the top five for the Toady Award and is an equal opportunity employer. Toady Award? Toady, T-O-A-D-Y. Toady, okay. As an equal opportunity employer, garnering praise for giving two weeks paternity leave to first time dads. (laughs) Bub Toys is pleased to have had a long relationship with Let's Read Spider-Man and we hope to have them again as a sponsor in the future. Bub Toys, villains or toy makers, you decide.
1: Tinker. The tinker learning the, uh, blazing the trail for paternity leave there. <laughs> Tink pop toys. Oh, how I will miss you. I play with your toys every day when I listen to my podcast. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye.
0: So, Eddie, I tried to skim all 150 books. I didn't give the annuals, like, uh, too much of a double look. But No. Do you have any any other books that you were thinking about but maybe didn't make the cut, or is this pretty much it? Yeah,
1: I totally ignored the annuals. And I know we didn't go very negative in this episode. We just said our favorites. But there are so many Marvel team-ups that were quite hard to read (laughs) and get through. So there's not too many other ones that I think are super notable uh on the list at least
0: for me personally i i tend to like craven and tiger stories i was i considered picking them at some point i thought they did a good job with with those as well
1: (laughs) whenever i see dr strange whoa steer clear oh
0: yeah although there (laughs) i remember thinking there was one that was almost okay remember i'm not sure if i liked or didn't like the one when he turns into a werewolf
1: no (laughs) i just that was (laughs) a terrible one